Uh, good evening, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Monday, January 9th, 2023, and this is episode 279 of the Lots Project podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside systems of control. And it's an interview night. It's lots to talk about, and it's lots to talk about with Yogi Aaron. I ran across Aaron on Podmatch, and man, his uh, profile struck me, and I was like, yeah, I want to talk to him. Uh, just flat out man he's got a different take on yoga right now i that's what drew me in i wanted to book him we got uh, talking and we booked it and then i went back to explore his profile a little bit more uh before the show came in and uh yeah even more interested even more interested so i just want to read a little bit from his bio over there because i thought it really kind of kind of set the tone and uh yeah i'll i'll uh, read this and then we'll we'll get right to it so one of the most sought after teachers today yogi aaron is trailblazing a new path in the world of yoga known for his unorthodox pers unorthodox per perspectives on stretching and flexibility and how both cause more harm than good his teachings aim to help as many people as possible live in pain-free life so they can realize yoga's true intentions man I read that and I was like, let's go. I got to talk to the guy and uh, and I reached out and here we are. And I would like to welcome to lots to talk about Yogi Aaron. How How's it going, Aaron? How are we doing? Really great. I'm in Costa Rica and it's beautiful here. What can I say? No complaints. Oh, man. It's tough hanging out in Costa Rica for sure, for sure. It's really tough, really, really tough. But somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is it Yogi Aaron or is it Aaron? Is it like Doctor Aaron? Is this is it a formal <laughs> term or is it uh, is it just a as a moniker? Um, I'm going to go with the last thing you said. I don't know what it means, but I'm I'm going to go with that. Um, All right, you know, people. I you can call me Yogi Aaron, Yogi or Aaron. Um, you can even call me teach. Just don't call me guru, please. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. Cool. Cool. We're good. We're good with that. Um, so I I loved your profile. I was reading it. And uh, the interesting take, the, the unorthodox take is kind of, uh, that's all I'm about, really. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then I started digging in. And man, you've had a crazy life. Uh, How'd you get to where you're at? I mean, we could probably fill the show with that, but if you want to just kind of give us a give us a little background, and uh, have you always been a yogi, or is that something you're born, or did you kind of kind of had to get there? Um. So, I was. I mean, my mother uh, was really part of the nuts, fruits, and flakes of the West Coast, and you know the whole New Age movement crystals shamans incense burning sage cleansing um you name it i did it and actually really close to where i used to live in vancouver canada at the time uh when i was like 16 i think i was 15 or 16 i had a really profound mind altering uh spiritual experience um in a place that was actually called the spiritual house um in you know one of the most kind of nutty fruity granoli places you know neighborhoods in vancouver at that time this is going back to like 1987-88 and that really kind of altered my life so i don't know that i was a conscious like quote unquote yogi back then um and by the time i got into yoga i was actually kind of adverse to anything spiritual the spiritual part sort of was something that evolved and when I got into yoga, quote unquote, it was really about stretching and um, and my kind of take on stretching is I, I believe it's like most people's kind of window or view about stretching is that stretching makes us healthy and it makes us younger. And so we often see like, you know, these pictures of beautiful uh, Barbie like women and, and sometimes like beefcake men, um, you know, in these kind of crazy poses and we think well that's what health looks like that's what youth looks like right and what happened was as soon as i started doing yoga and it took me 25 years to kind of put this piece together but as soon as i started doing yoga my body started hurting 
and I, my back kind of seized up on me. And of course, my hunch or my thought at the time was, oh, I need to do more yoga. I need to stretch more. I need to open my back. And this is the reason why I put quotations around that is in the yoga world, you constantly hear yoga teachers use this term like, oh, we need to open those hamstrings. We need to open those hips. We need to open our chest. And, you know, biomechanically, I just want to go on record and say it doesn't make any sense. And the last thing you want to do is open something up. Um, I really mean that because now that I have a better understanding of biomechanics and muscle function, it's like you don't really want to do that. I actually kind of joke with people and say, like, you know, if you have an open hip, think about what that really means. It's like you have a dislocated hip. And that's not how you really want to walk through life with the dislocated hip. But as I said, it really took 25 years to kind of figure out what I was doing was not working. And it, in fact, it was really making my body worse. And I could never figure it out. I'm the type of person that's very particular, like regimented in my alignment, in my posture. Um, and even to some degree, I thought what I was doing was engaging and it wasn't until I ended up in a surgeon's office who was telling me, like, you might need a spinal fusion in your lower back. And if you want to have a wake up call, like you're 40, I was 45 at the time. And to have someone tell me, like, I might need a spinal fusion when I've been doing this practice for 20 something years to keep me young and healthy. I mean, it was just such it bruised to my ego. Like I was completely demolished. Well, you, you definitely, you got my attention for sure because my wife has tried to get me to do yoga over and over yeah. and over. And I'm, I'm six foot five, uh, probably two thirty, two forty, somewhere in there, bounce back and forth. And when I tried to do the yoga, the beginner yoga, yeah, I hurt like a son of a bitch. It's like, wait, 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 wait. This this isn't right. She's just like, oh, it's got to do it for a few more weeks and you'll feel fine. And I'm like, okay. No. <laughs> and then I give up because I'll get to the second day and I'm like too sore to do it from the first day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and so, well, and this is part of what I'm, my spiel is about, I guess, or my, my thing is about is, reclaiming what yoga is really supposed to be about and you know we look at like a lot of we walk into a gym and there's a yoga teacher teaching yoga but is it really yoga and are they really capturing the essence of what yoga is and so that's i mean i i, I find like the words stretching and flexibility of hijacked um, yoga. And so when people like, you know, think about yoga, they think like it's about stretching and it's not, you know, physiologically, um, the physical practice of yoga is really about getting the body to become more stable, getting the body to become more fit. And when I say fit, like we're capable to walk through life, you know, instead of being disabled and, um, and, and by the way, I use the word disabled very particularly because most people have back pain and back pain is actually considered to be the number one disability in the world, um, chronic back pain. And a lot of people, you'd be shocked to know like the statistics on chronic back pain. So it actually is considered a disability. And most people are disabled from having like severe back pain. And that's not what yoga is supposed to be about. Yoga shouldn't be crippling us. I can't tell you how many senior yoga teachers I know who have had hip replacements, knee replacements, or some sort of knee. Re Seriously, and when I was just talking about opening the hips, hello. And, and the funny thing is, is like those teachers that are like getting wheeled into the surgery room, I'm, I'm of course being a little glib here, but I mean, they'll be like, going over their shoulder, keep opening your hips, you know? And so there's <laughs> right, a right. lot of like, I, I think I find like there's a lot of conversations that need to be had in the yoga where, world. Where did the, where did it change? Where, where did that, um, where did that shift in the meaning of the practice change? So for me, it was always, I mean, it, it started becoming a very spiritual practice when I started injuring myself more and more. 
and I couldn't do some of the more physical part of the practice that I had been doing. And so I needed to slow down. And in slowing down, I think it kind of tamed my ego, that part of my ego that thought I needed to be doing, doing, doing. And then it forced me to become more still. And in that stillness, I started to discover really the true potential of what yoga could be for me in, in life. And, and I was also blessed to have very like incredible teachers um, guide me. And I'm not talking about like, you know, the teachers at a gym, like very, I've been to India like 10 times. I've met some incredible masters who have guided me beyond the practice, the physical practice. But is it, is but, this a function of, of any, any girl that hangs out in the gym or any guy that hangs out in the gym can, can kind of watch some videos online and start a yoga class and like the true intention of, of what it's for is kind of lost in that. Cause, cause it seems like when you go deep into it to the people that are actually in, in, in involved in it, like you said, you've been to India 10 times and studied under some masters of the, of the practice, it seems like it's more of less of what you were talking about before and more of the getting in tune and what it's actually about, like working your body and, and understanding it and being one with your body. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of a complicated situ question. I'm just going to say that like, we look at the way that yoga is presented, let's say in America, for example, and we look at how the history of how it became presented that way. And it's my kind of observation, if you will, that if we kind of trace it back, it started with Jane Fonda with her leg warmers, you know, in the late Jane Fonda workout. She had no idea what she was doing. She didn't know what yoga was. She just right. said, okay, everybody breathe. And she picked up a yoga book one day and said, okay, I'm going to do these postures. We'll throw it in a video. And, and that kind of set this tone for how yoga is presented. And, and so many fitness teachers back in the 80s and 90s and even early 2000s were kind of being pushed to teach yoga. And they had no training. Their background was fitness. They're used to standing in front of the room, getting everybody to sweat, putting on you know, their playlist. And so they just basically translated that into yoga. And now we have yoga teachers obsessed about creating like the perfect playlist rather than teaching people actually how to move their awareness inside into that, you know, eternal kingdom within so that they can be always at rest with themselves and, and un uncover their life purpose. That's not, instead, they're more obsessed with like, okay, let's how to perfect the perfect handstand. And, right. and so what I'm trying to do in, in this work is two things. One, bring people back to what the intention of yoga is, but also two, you know, we do inhabit this body. We have to, you know, go through life. So let's get it actually stronger and stretching makes it weaker. It does not make it stronger. It actually debilitates muscle function. So let's start to use like some intelligence Let's work within people's capacity. Let's teach people how to listen to the voice of their body. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. I mean, the when, so, you know, it was kind of like the eye-opening thing when I learned when you lift weights. Like yeah. in high school, I played sports. You go to the weight room, you lift weights, you're sore, blah, blah, blah. And then later on in life, I realized, okay, when you're lifting weights, you're actually tearing the muscles. That's why you're sore the next day. And then you're eat, you're feeding yourself the protein to rebuild the muscles. And, and hopefully they come back more and stronger. Sure. <laughs> so basically you're tearing it down to the point that you don't quite debilitate yourself and then let it build back up. And I was like, this is a really odd concept to me. So I, I'm picking up what you're saying here for sure. All right. <laughs> so you grew up in Canada and yes. did you, did you hang out there? Did you go right to Costa Rica? I read something. You went to New York. You've been, you were a New York city guy. I, I left Vancouver right around, I think it was 1998. And I kind of went and hovered between the Bahamas and Haiti for a couple of years. And I worked on Royal Caribbean cruise line. So I was stationed 
in their private islands. And that was actually when I really started to, I guess, kind of enter into the world of yoga, like on a deeper level, I had time on my hands. So I really invested myself in my practice, my spiritual practice. And, you know, as much as I kind of like rag on, on these kind of gym style of yogas, the truth is like when you start to breathe in a very specific way, consciousness starts to awaken, things awaken, you know, like in yoga, we say the prana awakens and the light dawns within us, the light of intelligence awakens. And that's exactly kind of what started to happen is I felt like I needed to make a shift. And that kind of brought me to New York where I started my yoga studio. Um, I started leading yoga retreats. This is, by the way, the very short version story. I started leading yoga retreats. And in 2007, I was leading my third yoga retreat in Costa Rica. And I happened to be driving down this dirt road and found this amazing property and uh, met my, my business partner at the time was actually taking the retreat with me. And I walked up to him and we weren't business partners at that time, but I said to him, hey, do you want to do this project with me? And he said, sure. <laughs> nice. And it, it's actually, it's been probably him kind of stepping, you know, through that door of purpose um, with me has been one of the greatest uh, blessings and gifts of my life. We've become very good friends uh, for almost 20 years now. And he, yeah, so he jumped into the project with me and we opened up this, you know, off-grid um, yoga retreat right on the beach. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. You, you were like mentioning that before the, before the, before the show. And I was like, I totally missed it. I totally, I totally missed that, that whole thing. Like I was going through and I was like, man, I'm really interested in this, in his backstory. I'm really interested in the no stretching that. And then you were like, drop this off grid bomb on me. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> so how did you set up? So, so are you complete? So you're completely off grid. You do solar. Um, yes. What kind of, what kind of stuff do you have? Like how, what do you got set up down there? Cause now you got me interested in this too. <laughs> Well, some of it is <laughs> by um, necessity because where we are, there are no power lines or phone lines. Okay. So we do have internet and that's been like a whole other kind of journey getting internet to our place, let me tell you. Um, but, but we, yeah, I mean, right now, I think we have something like 90 solar panels. We just completely oh, nice. upgraded our system. Um, we have two generators. We have one primary, one backup. We only use them both if we need to, but we have our, you know, charging protocols. We have yep. like our whole watering system. We get our water from the ground. Um, we have water con conservation in place. And it's just been like that part of Blue Osa, people can't even imagine like the backstory and the journey to uh, get to where we are. Fun fact though, we bought a property across the street to get water. And, and this was like sort of after we opened and we realized, shit, we don't have water. And so anyways, we got this property across the street and I intuitively through kind of like knowledge and sort of having some basic understanding, designed this whole water system so that we set up the solar water to pump the water into this tower, which is about 50 feet off the ground and then through gravity it feeds into blue osa and and can run our whole operation and pressurize our whole system it's really cool so, that's fantastic that's yeah it's, that's, it's really great that's awesome <laughs> i i love i love getting stuff set up like that so when we we were on our farm um in minnesota we didn't do we didn't have any of that but i started diving in and we had plans if we were going to stay there to to end up on solar as much as we could and, you know, do what we could, but in being in Minnesota, the solar aspect isn't really the best. Um, but then when we decided to move into our travel trailer, we were like, we wanted to stay at like uh, the BLM land, the, the federal lands and stuff like that. So we were like, we, we want to be able to boondock. Um, so we're completely, we're parked in a field right now in Texas. So we don't need water like we just need access to water but as far as power and everything we're all good heat we got a wood stove and all that and i'm like 
Yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely uh, something you smile at when you sit and you watch those you watch the batteries charge up or you're using something. You got it plugged in. You're like, yeah, this came from the sun. I, I, I can do this. Like when the power goes out all around you and you don't know, that's the best feeling in the world. People yes. are like, oh, the power went out. They're like, oh, interesting. <laughs> The power, the funny thing is, is like, you know, living in, in the jungle, the town that's closest to us, it's about 11 kilometers away. And the power goes out there all the time. And we're just like sitting back watching our Netflix, you know? <laughs> so, so you do, is that, so is that a, a retreat, um, a retreat resort down there that you, that you, you run retreats to? Um, how does that kind of work? I think I'm froze up. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's me or uh, or Aaron that's froze up, but my internet has been going wonky all day, so I'm just going to ramble on here until I see him moving again. Uh, welcome to the chat, Renegade Butcher, Martinson family, Phil the Nomad. And uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> i think old elon might have messed me up hey josh or martinson family if you're listening and you can hear me and or aaron could you comment in the in the comments over there oh i lost him we are going to give it a couple minutes see if if aaron drops back in i think his internet dropped and uh, mine's been walking all night so i wasn't sure which it was but uh looks like he dropped out and uh and I'm still here, so uh, we'll go with that. All right. Mike says I'm all good. And, um, yeah, it'll work. We'll see. We'll give it a couple minutes. But Aaron is a, definitely an interesting dude. And I've uh, been enjoying this conversation. And we'll see if he comes back on. Otherwise, it's going to be a short, short episode of lots to talk about. Uh, if you want to know more about Aaron, if he doesn't come back around, I did put a link to his book on Amazon in uh in the show notes and i believe it also has a link to his website let me check real quick do, 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 do. hope everybody was having a good uh monday before you popped in today or if you're listening after the fact if you had a good day before you were listening and i'm just looking here to see what we got in the show notes Here we go. Yep. YogiAaron.com is where you can find him. And then I also put a link to his book in the show description. And um, yeah. You know what? Martinson Family says it's five audios, five, five, five. Renegade Butcher said it's him. Yeah, I, I kind of figured that when he dropped off. Um <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Good night, guys. I don't know if uh, Aaron's going to pop back on, but uh, yeah. Anybody got any questions? Ask me anything. Ask me anything in the comments, except Josh. I will only uh, answer certain questions from Josh. But uh, other than that, Mike, the Philippine Nomad, Martinson family, drop those questions in the comments and we will start talking. Corey, you got any questions for me while we wait for Yogi Aaron to swing on in? <laughs> oh man you know the the beauty of live interviews the beauty of live interviews and internet i was very very concerned actually about my internet tonight because um it was kind of wonky when i i signed on the podcast tonight and i pulled up my starlink app and boom it said um degraded service in your area and people are people are working on it as we speak uh technicians are working on it as we speak so i didn't know hey aaron's back phil uh mike the philippine nomad wanted to know what the weather's like in texas it's beautiful it is um it is basically 60s to 70s and sunny today so 
Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Uh, talking hello. about talking about power going out. My power literally just went. The whole building went out. Oh no! Oh I'm no! Hope everything's room. okay. That's not good when you're when you're uh, when you're off grid and your power goes out. Well, I'm actually right now in the city, and I'm in my place oh. in the city right now. And anyways, the whole building just went out. The whole block went out. So, anyways, and back. Ask me your question, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Whatever. Um, we can go wherever. No, I was just kind of jabbering along. You froze up, and I thought I froze up in your screen because I'll, <laughs> I'll see my camera moving even yes. when I freeze up. So you were frozen, and I'm like, uh-oh, is it me or is it him? Because I was telling you my internet was bad. <laughs> so I was asking the people in the comments, can you hear me? <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know. Let's... Uh, your retreat, your yes. uh, your uh, your space down in Costa Rica. So is that um, something where people can come for a long retreat, uh, study yoga? What what do you got going on down there? We have, um, I mean, people can come to Blue Osa. We're a yoga retreat. They can come for a personal retreat. They can come like as part of a group. So we have a lot of like group yoga retreats um, pretty much all year round. Uh, different yoga teachers bring their students or which other people are welcome to join. Um, and I also lead yoga trainings where I teach people about the stop stretching mentality, uh, philosophy, as well as the muscle activation practices and, and kind of guide people on a journey of yoga for two. I have offered two programs. One is two weeks and one is four weeks. And those are, that's my real love is to guide people through yoga. So basically take a month away and come and hang out with Yogi Aaron and, and really learn. Really learn and really go <laughs> on an inward journey of like self-discovery. I mean, people often say it's like it's it's more worth than any kind of therapy you can do in your life because it's like, you know, you dealing with you for two weeks or four weeks in in in, in, in not in like a, a you know, not like in a a military discipline style. Like we're not like starving people, you know, you get to hang out on the beach, eat great food, you know, and, and get taken care of for two weeks. So it's not like, you know, it's not boot camp, although some people might refer to it as boot camp, <laughs> but it's, it's a lot of spiritual fun. boot camp, spiritual boot camp. Well, it's not um, easy. I got, for us I got to look a, at a question here from a listener. Um, he, he wants to know, um, what type of yoga practice is there a, is there a spiritual uh, more spiritual than physical is there like if they were looking for more a spiritual um practice is there something they should look into or is it all kind of lumped into one um one genre named yoga yeah i mean you just kind of have to go around and try different teachers um you know i would i would suggest people to check out my youtube channel see what i'm offering um, I kind of weave in a lot of different practices and different videos. So you could take like three different videos and have three different experiences. Um, you can go to different yoga places. And I was talking to this person the other day and they were, I think it was in, in the Carolinas or something. There was like a yoga kind of studio chain there. And they forbid their students to, or they forbid their teachers from like chanting. And, and I'm not like placing a value judgment on that necessarily, but it's just like sometimes these studios open and they have a very kind of narrow view, if you will, on what yoga is. So you can have like one kind of experience there and then you can go somewhere else where there's some yoga studios where teachers wear a white turban and and do a lot of chanting and and um and so there's just different there's a whole smorgasbord of different yoga out there and and i would just say that as much as i was kind of like again kind of ragging on sort of these more physical forms sometimes that's what it takes for people to get in the door when i first started yoga for me it was all physical and you know and then it became more spiritual over time because as I said earlier, like that when you start to breathe and, you, and you're doing conscious breathing, it's going to awaken stuff. You're going to, you know, awaken the light of consciousness within you. And it's just going to happen. Things are going to move. I often say, if you want to change your life, change your breath. It's that simple. Right. 
And yeah. I, um, I kind of looked at it, you know, as my wife's been trying, has tried to ease me in here and there and over the fact. And so I would watch a video. She would, she would go through and she'd find video and she'd be like, okay, this is a beginner one. You should be able to, you, sh you should be able to do this. Yeah. Right. I, I look like a, like a pretzel trying to fall over and, um, <laughs> you know, like, Oh, uh, put your, put your leg out straight. I'm like, yeah, I can't even get like halfway into the position you're talking about. So leg out straight and happening. Um, no. but <laughs> so, uh, what it seemed like though, is you kind of learn the different poses um movements to get into different poses and once you start understanding those it's almost where you you go on your own journey it's it's where you, there's a point where you kind of just take it on your own you you're understanding these moment movements and and poses and then if you need help you need more you need to expand then you seek out that is that is that kind of kind of where it's supposed to be or are you just supposed to follow along the whole time I think, well, if you're doing a video, it just, it depends on the video. I think that you as an individual, you have two choices. You can continue to learn from the teacher if you think they have something of value to teach you, or you go on your own journey. And um, for a lot of my own life, with my relationship with my teachers, most of my teachers live very far from me. Some of them I would only see like once a year. So I had to practice on my own. And then I would come back and I would check in with them and they would refine things or give me a different practice. And then I would go back and, and do the practice. And traditionally, that's actually how you practice yoga. The, the guru showed up only like once a year or on special occasions. They didn't show, they weren't sitting in your living room 24 seven. It, did, um, <laughs> it, seemed, it, seemed, it seems like more, uh, this seems like more the commercialized uh, version where it's just like on demand um, yeah. to where is if I got this yoga video and I, I watch it, I learn it one day and then I got to figure it out and put it in the closet for six months and then pull it back out. And I get to watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. But I would just say like, I think one of the gifts even again of like sort of this Western mo model of yoga is it gets people in the door and, you know, you see this a lot, like people are doing like this hot yoga um, where they turn the temperature up to 120 degrees. And, and you see this very consistently, like one day a person's like right into it. They're very um, dogmatic about it. You know, it's like their church. And then one day they wake up and they go, there's got to be something more like I can sense it. But this crazy lunatic hot yoga teacher is never going <laughs> to teach me what I need to know. So I need to find another teacher. And we right. always see that like people just like start craving more. <laughs> right, right, right. So it, the acronym, it, Ayama, is, yeah, do you pronounce good. it as a word? Yes. Yeah. Let's it actually talk about it. Sounds, let's, it is, let's talk it is, about it. Explain what it is. <laughs> it is a Sanskrit word, although it was never intentionally meant to be like I really came up with the with the phrase applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation. And then we sort of I looked at it one day and I went, that's a yama. And then I kind of like started thinking about what a yama meant like in Sanskrit. And it means like it means kind of two things. It means like freedom. But the better definition is unrestrained, unrestrained power. Um, and, and, and it was just like, that kind of just came, came out like very organically, but the reason why I called it applied yoga anatomy is, is because I wanted people to like understand their body and we kind of learn so much about anatomy in the abstract, you know, like when you were a kid, you went to school, you colored in muscles and how many of that do you actually remember? And if you do remember, like, does it even make sense to you? Um, right. So I wanted it to be kind of like experiential um, and something that you really feel. And then the muscle activation, which I wanted to circle back to talking to you about was because you're saying like you really struggle in these kind of like yoga stretches. And what we really need to do is work on getting your muscles activated, work on getting your muscular system working properly. So that's where the muscle activation part comes in. It's like, my, I always say, stop stretching, start activating. <laughs>
Yeah, for sure. So, so what, what's kind of, uh, what's the theory you say activating muscles? How, how do we do that? So if we're not stretching, there's like a phone line between your brain and your muscles, or even like a power line, if you will. And the power just Mm -hmm. went out here and everything went to kaputs. And so when we stretch, we actually are basically uh, cutting that power line. Um, And I'm not being glib when I'm saying that, like you can physiologically test the force output of a muscle before stretching and then after stretching and after stretching, the force output of the muscle is gone. Um, It's been depleted. And depending on the person's age and how much stress they have in their life and, and list of things, it may be that power line may not ever get connected back again. Maybe it will stay like that for a long time. In my case, it did. So muscle activation is really, it's really working at the neuromuscular level. We're not actually working at the level of muscle per se. It's more about reconnecting the brain to the muscle. And how we do that is through isometrically contracting um, muscles for a short period of time and doing it in a specific way. And then all of a sudden the brain goes, oh, there's a muscle there. And then that line starts to get refortified. And and depending on how much stress a person has in their life, maybe we can actually increase the force tolerance level of that neuromuscular connection so that it doesn't go out. Maybe like in the future, like it will actually stay there. An example of it, like shutting down is like, you know, when you hear somebody that sneezes and their back seizes up. Like that's oh, yeah. a very low force tolerance level. Like their their muscular their neuromuscular system is very compromised at that point. Or when somebody like bends over and picks their keys up, or you know, you're probably doing a lot of work at your place, like you know, moving boxes or moving things around, and then all of a sudden you like tweak your back. That's because yep. the brain is not connecting to the muscles better. So what we want to do, especially as we get older, is make sure. Like the brain is talking to muscles. <laughs> gotcha. I, I got a comment here. This so this this is the guy I'm actually down in Texas working with right now. Where he's a butcher, and I came down to learn about um, processing deer with him. Actually, and he says he learned about muscles in a whole different way. I just thought that was kind of a cute little. He's he's a different type of fella. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever works. You know that's that's experiential anatomy. Um, I yep. talked to a lot of people that have had the had luck to do, you know work on cadavers. I've never done that, but some people have. And one day I'd love to do that because it's just so fascinating to look at, like dive into how do muscles work. And, yeah. and I'm just going to say like there's a lot of like professionals even that seem to have forgotten like basic tenets of muscle function and And so what I'm about is trying to teach people, get people back into understanding like basic muscle function, muscle tightness, which it sounds like is something that you're experiencing in in your wife, getting you to do these yoga videos. Um, And, but muscle tightness is really a sign that there's muscle weakness, that there's instability in the body. And so what we need to do is start to address some of that instability so that the body can start to function in a better way. So you're you're kind of going, you're flying in the face of a lot of the yoga world. Is that, uh, does that rub some people the wrong way? Are you kind of like a, a pariah out there? Like, they're like, oh no, here comes Yogi Aaron and there's no stretching shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one time I put this post on a Facebook group, a men's, um yoga facebook group that i'm in and i put something about stretching this was about a year and a half ago and the person responded like what is this malarkey um (laughs) and and so it really kind of threatens a lot of people's like identity um and and they just don't know what to do with it because if if we teach if we're for teaching yoga we're teaching stretching and if we're not teaching stretching what are we teaching And that's kind of a, that's a really hard leap for some people to do. But on the flip side of that, there's been a lot of people in the yoga world who have become severely damaged and in their body 
And in, in chronic pain, when I'm talking chronic pain, I'm talking like, you know, five, six, seven out of 10 chronic pain. Right, and right. they're trying to find answers. And so like they, when I, they hear what I'm talking about, it's like lights start going off and they go, oh yeah, this makes sense. So it's like a little bit of both. <laughs> well, I, and I had a question here on my list and uh, it just kind of sits, it's just sitting there underneath uh, the controversial and, and people uh, pushing back and like sports medicine. I grew up in sports. I played sports the whole way. And you watch professional sports and you hear all the trainers, like, how are they all wrong? Like, how, how does this happen? I mean, I, I, I got a clue because I've seen like the food pyramid and like, I've gone down the health and diet road and all that. So like, I kind of got an idea, but everybody stretches. I mean, like, how yeah. can they all be wrong? Like, how isn't somebody like screaming? This is not right. Besides you, I mean, obviously you're screaming. This can't be right, but. There are, there are voices in the dark that have been saying this much longer than I have. Um, in my podcast, Stop Stretching, which is more like a series. It's not really a podcast like in this format. It's a storytelling in, in eight episodes. But in episode three, we kind of go through the science of it. And in one of the studies that we cite, um, I think in two or four, I don't remember, that we talk about like a lot of the studies that have been done. There's been tons of studies to show this. I didn't think about this. I just started putting dots together and paying right. attention to the studies, but literally I think it was today or yesterday in the New York times there came out like this article about stop stretching, start activating basically like, you know, start doing a more kind of like dynamic approach, stop static stretching. And, and so static stretching, Sorry. That was that was like the big shift I remember. So I I'm I was born in the late 70s, so I was going through like high school in the in the mid 90s and I remember that big s switch where they went from cold stretching to you got to warm up before you stretch now. Yeah. Or stretching after exercise. Like it's always been it's always been a moving target. Um yeah. and it's all kind of making sense cuz it was bad for you. <laughs> Well, and it's just also to answer your question more directly, it's just a lot, I, I say this with a lot of humility, not with arrogance, but it's just a lot of blind leading the blind. There's just a lot of sheeple. And even doctors will say to their patients a lot, like, listen carefully, I heard yoga is good for you. You might want to give it a try. Like, even they're not like saying it's good for you. They're just like, well, everybody else is doing it. So why don't you just try it? And there's been no actual studies about stretching and, and the, like in yoga stretching, but there have been studies on passive stretching. And these studies have shown either A, it, there's no correlation between stretching and preventing injuries, or B, that stretching actually is providing an opportunity for injuries. Because if you think about like you're stretching a muscle, a muscle's function is to actually contract. It mm -hmm. contracts to move bones and it contracts. The muscle needs to contract to hold joints in place. And if it loses that ability to contract, then it's not doing its job. It can't move bones. So then you rely on like little muscles to do the job, which then creates more stress and more problems right. um, in the body. So can you, can you increase flexibility through muscle activation? Um, if, if the, if the intent of a muscle is to contract and we keep it contracted, does that make it harder to expand, I guess, expand the word? So, you know, Brian, it's funny you asked that. First of all, just to kind of backtrack, I prefer using the word mobility because I think what a lot of people want is mobility. And when we right. have mobility with stability, then we won't have injuries. And so one of the, the funny thing, the reason why I said it's funny is because everybody has forgotten the primary rule of muscle function, which is when a muscle contracts, an opposite muscle relaxes. In order for me to move my hand to my, my shoulder, the bicep is contracting. And what is the, what is the tricep doing? It's relaxing. It's elongating. Really and so we've forgotten like the basic rule of muscle function, which is if we want to have mobility, then we need to make sure that there's muscles are contracting. So let's use the hamstrings. 
like you probably have really tight hamstrings, I bet. <laughs> and um, so if you want to get better hamstrings, start to work on activating your quads, improve that brain to muscle function in, in the quads. And so like I have four videos on my YouTube channel with hamstring hacks, but all of them you get start to build up like this range of motion, which you're calling stretching or sorry, flexibility, I would call mobility, but your range of motion, your ROM dramatically improves once you start getting the quads to contract properly and you can do it it's it without like pulling your your leg towards you or anything like that you just start to build up muscle function in the quads <laughs> you, i mean you said it and as soon as you started saying it i was like man i'm dumb <laughs> believe me but the, oh, I, no, the, the contracting and releasing at the same time. As soon as you said it, I'm like, okay, let me look at the body. There's always an equal size muscle opposite the muscle. Yeah, but but just back up one <laughs> second, Brian, because here's the thing. Like, So if your hamstring is tight, it's because the quads aren't working, right? So if you're going to go to a stretching kind of class, what are you doing? You're forcing the hamstring to open without addressing the problem, which is the quads are not contracting. So now by stretching the hamstring, you're actually quadrupling or compounding the problem and never yeah, addressing you're, you're, the instability. You're, you're uh, artificially elongating the hamstring, which makes the quad work less. Yeah. And, and the muscle tightness is going to come back. People that have tight hamstrings are always going to have tight hamstrings, you know, right. um, because they're not ever addressing the problem of the instability in the first place. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I mean, okay. Yep. Okay. You, you've just, uh, you enlightened me. Uh, you, you, you earned Yogi today for sure. For sure. I'm going to send you some of my hamstring videos and I want you to start doing them. And after like the third or fourth time you practice them, I want you to send me some pictures of before and after. And, and just, you'll see, like, if you take pictures of yourself before and after, you'll be shocked at how much more range of motion you can get when you do some of these things. It's just, it's unbelievable. And it happens because we improve muscle function the body feels stable. When you have stability, you have all the mobility in the world that you need. Right. So, um, listener asks, is all stretching harmful or just forced? Um, is natural reaction stretching harmful? I'm not exactly sure what natural reaction stretching is. Do you? Um, so, I would, I, I used to kind of hum and haw about the first question. I'm just going to say, like, just don't stretch. I haven't stretched in five years, um, like, like consciously stretched. I don't want to stretch. And I know what happens to my body when I do stretch. And I can feel a loss of muscle force. Um, the force output of the muscles is gone. Like, I'm very in tune with it now. And I see it in my students. I constantly show them, like, you do stretching. Look at how much strength you lose. And it's instantaneous. Um, and so, you know, and, and I just want to kind of put it something out there. You know, there's all of these kind of like, like a lot of people look to gymnasts. We look at gymnasts and we go, oh my God, I want to be like them. And look at, they can stretch and they're fine. No, they're not fine. Look at the, all the gymnasts, like, you know, and how many ACE bandages are around their knees and their shoulders. And they have to have ice packs and heat packs and constant massage therapists. You know, no, they're not fine. And most gymnasts, like most like serious gymnasts need um, or in sport uh, athletes competing at that level need knee replacements by the age of 28, 29, 30. So no, stretching is bad and and you are going to cause more problems. Um, they're, they're using stretching to um, to make their joints do things that they shouldn't. It almost seems like. Well, and, and so it would be so great if they would start to learn. Sometimes the word is called dynamic stretching. So the easiest way to describe dynamic stretching is like if you're on your back and you raise and you're, you're, you're like flat and you raise your right leg up, you know, 
and you try to bring your right leg to say 90 degrees. Some you probably couldn't. I think you would get yours to about 70 and start yeah. crying. Um, and then, you know, so some people, so what they would do then is they would take a strap around their foot and pull yep. the leg towards you. That's now passive. Dynamic stretching is when you don't have the strap. Dynamic stretching is just when you bring your leg up and you hold it there for a certain amount of time. It could be 15 seconds, maybe lower it back down and keep repeating the exercise over and over. And so what's happening there is you're using the quads. The quads are lifting the leg up. Now you have movement and in you have movement with accountability. You're not passively trying to pull the leg towards you. So I right. believe that if athletes started doing that instead of like trying to force a range of motion, um, I believe that they probably wouldn't have so many injuries that they're dealing with. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was uh, it was that. Um... I keep going back to the stretching, but in the morning in, in like in the shower when I could barely move, cause I, for a long time, I worked in, uh, in, uh, the gas, in the gas station industry, like climbing in and out of the holes yeah. and the parking lots, fixing stuff. And, uh, it, it wasn't meant for a guy my size. So I'd be like all, all mm. sore in the morning and I would bend over and I could barely bend over and then I would stand up for a minute and then bend over again. And by like the third time I could grab my ankles or like wash my feet. I'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, so is yoga going to change? Are we, are, is there enough of a movement? I know, I know that you're hearing more, like you mentioned the New York times article. Um, is, is, is it going to change? Is there a movement to change it? What do you see for the future or is it just, I mean, is it going to be all out there for anybody to choose? So I think that, I mean, I think that people, first of all, it depends on what day you ask me that question. Um, you know, I think TikTok is, is taking over yoga in a unique way. I think it is, you know, more and more, I'm, I'm kind of starting to see on social media a little bit here and there, like this kind of like move to away from passive stretching and it but people are kind of like always addicted to it just because they see like again these healthy people you know being able to wrap their feet around their head and they think like oh that's what a healthy person should be able to do and so and i also think like people are becoming more injured um i think yoga has kind of reached sort of this peak if you will and people are getting injured. And as people get injured, the same thing will happen that happened to me. Like people are going to go, what else is out there? And it's going to hopefully start to motivate yoga teachers to start like moving away from teaching asana all the time to actually right. teaching yoga. So I'm hopeful. I, uh, it's funny you mentioned yoga and social media and I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I do a post every now and then. So my wife and I both have gone down the TikTok road for content creation. And, and with that, you, you look at TikTok, of course. And, uh, so I get yoga, I get, um, scantily clad young women, um, showing things that, that isn't yoga <laughs> and my wife gets yoga. Um, and, she gets actually people doing yoga and and so i i'll be looking at my she'll be like what are you looking at i was like it's yoga <laughs> I'll, I'll show her and it's got hashtags that say yoga and yeah. she's like that's not yoga i was like okay you start sending me what you think yoga is so i do a, a post about once a month that'll be like what i see for yoga and what my wife sees for yoga and put them next to each other. And, oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's uh, we get a good laugh about it in our house. So that's funny. But uh, I have a link for your book in my show notes. You want to talk about your book? You want to um, tell us what it's all about and uh, what people would benefit from picking it up and, and giving it a read? Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the book is going through a, the philosophy of a Yama um, and, and kind of like the backstory and what it is and why we need to stop stretching. Um, the second part is starting to break down like the muscles of your body. So part of my goal is for people to really have more of an experience um, of their body and, and know the muscles, like understanding 
why they have pain perhaps in their hips and what to do about it and what muscles are there. Like, like for example, you hear a lot about the psoas, but nobody really understands what to do with the psoas. So I teach that in the book. Um, and then the last part of it is also like some sequences. So it goes through like some actual sequences. There's a lot of exercises all the way through it. And um, my goal is that the book will actually start to get put onto like different curriculums, whether in the okay. gym, like for fitness trainers, because I don't think fitness trainers are taught proper muscle function. There's very few fitness trainers that understand muscles in the body and definitely yoga teachers. Um, if anybody here is listening to this podcast and has a yoga teacher, go and ask those yoga teachers, tell me three muscles in the back. I promise you, your yoga teacher might probably only be able to name one. And I doubt that they would even be able to do that. Or like they're it's always going to be the like, back muscle, man. Come on. The yeah, back exactly. Muscle, the back, upper back the muscle, muscle, the mid the back, back muscle and the lower back. muscle. <laughs> exactly. But they can't <laughs> tell you like what those muscles are, are and what they're doing. Um, and so that's like what you learn in my book. Like, what is this muscle? The longissimus, for example, is one of the most important back muscles. Well, what is its function and how do we get it activated? And why should you do this pose every day? to activate it. So that's kind of like what my book is about. And, and it's not like you have to spend, you know, hours a day doing this. I always tell people eight minutes of muscle activation practices a day will change your life. In 30 days, you'll have a body um, that's very different than the one that you have right now. So, so let, it, me, let me, let me, let me, let me paraphrase that for a second. You're saying yeah, that somebody that's instructing people on how to make their bodies work better and how to make the muscles in their body work better. Because I, you know, no matter your your view on yoga or not, I I think the whole goal is to be able to function better. Now you're sure. telling me these people should actually understand what muscles are in the body. <laughs> is that that's a really much? crazy take, man? I can I can I can see why why they think <laughs> why they think you're you're a little out there on your on your stuff. So. We just want to open the hips. We don't want to know what the muscles are that we're opening. Just open, open those muscles, my man. Open them. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> I talk about this story a little bit. I think you, you'd find it appropriate. But my wife ate paleo for a long time because she was uh, she was having acid reflux problems. And she was hardcore paleo. Nothing processed, nothing for over a year. And she went in and they told her she had to have her gallbladder out. And so she went in, she ate super healthy still. She had her surgery. She woke up for surgery and the nurse is like, here, here's some juice and a cookie. <laughs> She's like, no, <laughs> no, I, no. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so, so that's what we think of the, oh, and the reason she had, she ended up having the gallbladder surgery is because she read her bile of bottle of Prilosec that they put her on for like told her basically the rest of her life. And it was like, this should not be prescribed for more than six weeks at a time. And she's like, Oh, here no. we go. So, oh, so no. what you're telling me that, that somebody prescribing or not prescribing, but teaching you how to work on your muscles has no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. I got yeah. you. We're here. We're here. Yes. And I'm, I'm really happy you came on. I'm really happy you're here to spread your message. I hope my crowd checks out all your stuff too. And, uh, what, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, we're coming up here in an hour. You got anything you want to wrap up with any message you want to send out there or uh, final, final big hurrah. <laughs> I, you know, well, final big hurrah. I don't know about that. I'm not a fireworks, um, smoking fireworks kind of guy, but I would just say like, you know, I'm sure that some of your listeners are dealing with pain and they don't, I'm, you know, I'm not talking obviously about emotional pain and physical pain. A lot and of them are having a lot of emotional pain. <laughs> we all got our stuff. Um, but I you, you just, you don't have to be in pain and there is answers out there. And I would just really encourage you to check out my pain-free series. You know, you can go to my website, yogiaron.com. There's a free pain-free series. I've had so many great results with it. Um, and you don't have to, and, and, you know, if you are a person in pain, reach out to me, I can point you to a video 
you can learn. It's there's some very easy hacks and more likely you're in pain because some muscle in your bodies are not functioning well. All we got to do is literally, um, you know, turn the light switch. <laughs> I was trying to go for dra drama. That, that's uh, your turn, dramatic turn fireworks the light, right at the end, isn't it? The <laughs> no, it's really that simple. It's like turning on a light switch. It happens that quickly. And it's just reconnecting the body. Commit to eight minutes a day minimum. Um, there is one of my favorite poses uh, to do. I always tell people, if you can do this pose, you'll start to turn back the clock. And it's Superman pose. You just lie on your stomach. And you lift your legs and your chest off the ground. You'll be shocked to see like how little movement you can do in the beginning because your back muscles aren't working properly um, for various reasons. So just start doing that. If you can do that every day in 30 days, you're going to have like a brand new back um, and you hold it for six seconds. You lift up, you hold it as much as you can for six seconds, come down and you do it six times. Do that six seconds, six times, do it every day. And it's actually the one pose I always say that can start turning back the clock on time because uh, you start to stand up better. And, you you know, you're saying that you're hunched over all the time from that job that starts to get the erector muscles working and you start standing better. So arms by your sides or uh, up in front of you? Um, so start off with arms by your side. No bouncing. Just lift up. Hold it. One Mississippi. Two Mississippi. <laughs> a we solid six. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I might roll that out. It might not be in the morning because I don't have time to get it set up, but I might roll that challenge out to my group on Telegram and maybe we'll uh, we'll see if we can get a bunch of people doing that and I'll have to report back to you and see how it goes. But uh that's Good. that's an easy one. I can handle that one. She doesn't even have to twist my arm to do that. <laughs> I'm going to send you one of my, my hamstring videos. I want you to start oh. doing, doing them. And, um, I think that you're, like I said, like you really start to notice a difference, like, especially like if you're out walking, you know, my sister, for example, is into hiking. She's an outdoor photographer. And she, one day she finally messaged me after about a year and a half of me preaching this stuff, big brother is there anything I can do about shin splints? And I went, Oh my God, are you kidding me? Hello. <laughs> shin splints is like a, a, a definite sign of muscle dysfunction. So there's muscles not working. The, the muscles around the shin bones, um, the tibialis and fibialis are just not contracting. And, and so they're just being overstressed. So we need to address like go to the root cause. So anyways, a little bit can can free you up so much in life so you can enjoy and have your best life. Somebody was saying, uh, any thoughts on arthritis at C4 and C5? On my That's YouTube video, I have a whole neck series. Um, I would just check that out. Um, there's a whole neck. There's a seven-part, seven-day neck, neck series. Um, and just... I would just add one little caveat. Anytime you do any neck work, less is always more. And I say that in the intro uh, video, like less is always more. But, you know, arthritis is, a, is really hard to deal with. But definitely we're going back to that phone line. If it's in the neck, there's a lot of other problems in the body. And okay. so, you know, that messaging system between the brain and the body is going to become so disrupted. So we really need to start addressing things in the body as well, which is one of the things that my next series does. Um, it kind of addresses the whole body, but of course we're focused on the neck. So I would go check out the neck. We can start, you know, fixing it and, and start getting the muscles in the neck to start working properly. If you've got issues, inflammation in the neck, it's just going to debilitate neck, you know, muscle function in the neck even more so later on. And, uh, and another, another listener said, uh, he's had scoliosis, knee injuries, back injuries, ankle injuries. He sounds like a perfect candidate to head over to your website and start looking, at <laughs> yeah. start looking into this. <laughs> I mean, a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's, 
where, where do we start? <laughs> but <Boy>. anyway, <laughs> I have all your information in the show notes. Um, the link to your book on Amazon, the link to your website. Um, I can go back and put in your, uh, I got to hunt down your uh, YouTube. I didn't grab that off the site, but I will, uh, I will get that and I will put that in there too. Uh, I'm sure there's links to it through your website. Uh, yeah. But man, eye-opening eye-opening i really appreciate you coming on and i uh, i'm gonna do the 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 exercise challenge that you were talking about and then uh when when i see these hamstring videos i'll have to do it and uh and i'll have to uh, i'll try to prove you wrong but i just don't think it's gonna happen i just I think <laughs> a guy that a guy that comes out with that much confidence <laughs> is not gonna get proven wrong i'm sorry it, it's gonna be something on my end if it doesn't work <laughs> i <coughs> <coughs> oh god i'm gonna have a coughing fit it oh, won't no, work. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta do it you know and i think that part of the problem with with especially our american western culture is that we just think like oh i'm gonna take a pill and and it, you know and i'm guilty of it too by the way one time i threw my back out in the worst way and it was before i was leaving for a two and a half month trip to greece and and I thought, you know, and I was really stressed out about the month before, so I didn't get a chance to work out as much. So two days before my trip, I'm like going to the gym and I thought, okay, I've got 30 minutes to get my Mediterranean body in. And I just kind of pushed my body in a bad way and my whole lower back seized up. And so I'm guilty of it too, you know? It's like we think like, oh, we're just going to get like this magical thing. And in the way that muscle activation works and the principles of a yama, it just takes a little bit of time. You know, it took you, however old you are, 50 years old, you know, to screw your body up. Well, it's going to take a little bit of time to undo. Right, that. right, right, right. For sure. For sure. For sure. So, oh, man. It. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you, you hanging out with me. I'm, I'm sorry you had your, your power glitch. I am glad you swung back on. I, I think uh, both halves of this were fantastic and uh, and people really enjoy it and can learn a lot from you. So Thank you. I am definitely sending people your way. I'm definitely uh, um, uh, expound the the joys of your of your theories here, especially when I see them start working for myself. So I hope uh, I hope I can send people your way and they can learn a lot from you. So I appreciate you coming. And uh, if you'll hang out for a minute, I'm gonna I'll shut things down here and I'll catch up with you uh, backstage. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Brian. All right, thanks, Aaron. Have a great night. Thank you. Thanks. All right, that was Yogi Aaron. If you want to check out his book, the link is in the, the show description. You can find it on Amazon or check out yogiaaron.com. I really enjoyed the interview and I'm glad that he popped back on because the second half of it was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, if you want to contact him, there is contact information on his website. I appreciate him and thanks for hanging out and we will talk to you soon.